time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Are you clinging to false hope? That's the question we're asking on today's show. And are you ready for retirement? Or is that clinging to false hope leaving you technically unprepared for that eventual retirement date and the journey that is retirement? We're going to talk about it on today's show. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller on the Retirement Roadmap podcast. Glenn is a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro with an office on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, we often hear that people are clinging to certain ideas or beliefs that end up giving them that sense of false hope about their retirement, and it's kind of a dangerous position to be in. I mean, anything in life, we don't want to be clinging to false hope, right? Um, so let's explore some of the faulty thinking that ultimately leaves people in that underprepared position for retirement. Uh, one to get us started today. Let's say it's the mindset that you'll be ready to retire once you hit that certain number in your savings. I think for a lot of people that's a million dollars, but everybody may have that number in their head. But that's kind of like the wrong goal to to shoot for in a way, right? Well, yeah, I don't know that I would say it's the wrong goal necessarily. I mean, it, but it's it's wrong to think of that, you know, as the only thing, right? It, it's not the end all be all because there are a lot of other factors that come into play, you know, obviously budgeting, the different different ways that you might position your money. I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, you, you know, obviously everybody lives, you know, in a cash flow, I mean, the, the, the situation. I mean, that, that that's the way our society is set up. It's like you have monthly income, monthly expenses, monthly income, monthly expenses, and that's kind of the cycle. And then you have the the unforeseen, you know, emergencies or that, you know, you have you know, a big expenditure that you have to have and and those kinds of things. But you want to make sure you you know you're you're going to be able to have the lifestyle that that, that you want to have in retirement, right? And so, kind of thinking about what is that magic number for you? Well, you know, rather than it being an account balance, right? Because an account balance can sometimes be deceptive. You know, we've talked a lot of times in you know in our previous shows about you know it's not necessarily how much is in the account; it's how much you get to keep. <laughs> right. And right. Um, and then we're kind of alluding there to, you know, to if you have like a 401k or traditional IRAs where you have pre-tax dollars, I think everybody realizes that when there when there are distributions or withdrawals from those accounts, then then that's going to be subject to taxation. And, the, you know, the, we don't know exactly what tax rates may be in the future and, you know, what the tax brackets might be in the future. And so, you know, the, it's it's kind of tricky when you, you've been focused on, hey, I need to have X amount of dollars in this account. But ultimately, you're, you know, you're thinking in, along the lines of, well, if I have this much in this account, then that means I'm going to have this much income and I'm going to have this much left over. And that may or may not be true, depending upon, you know, what the future might bring. And so one of the big things that we really focus on is, is that how much income can, you know, can the resources that you have produce and do you also do you have excess over and above that? And let's think in terms of the strategies of preservation and distribution 
and legacy planning versus accumulation, right? Because we're when you're in retirement and you're starting to draw off of your retirement accounts and those resources, you know, you're you're in a different place in life. You know, you're not you're not going to work every day and earning a paycheck and putting part of that paycheck away for retirement. You literally are no longer going to have those kind of paychecks and now you're going to be relying on social security, possibly a pension, and then what you've put away in those accounts to create you know, your own personal pension, so to speak, or a replacement for what that income was when you were in your working years and you were getting your salary. So that's really, you know, I, to me as, as someone who focuses on, you know, a lot of our attention with retirees and soon to be retirees is this, you know, what is your income going to look like? And do we have the resources to produce that, you know, for you so that you're going to have the lifestyle going forward in retirement and through retirement. And that's far more important than X number of dollars in a particular account. Does that make sense, Walter? It does make sense. Yep, absolutely. So beware that mindset. Not necessarily that it's going to leave you in financial ruin if you have it, but but just beware of the pitfalls of just aiming for that one number and ignoring some of the other elements that come along with retirement planning. Maybe that's the the good way to bracket that one for sure. Another one here, Glenn, uh, the belief that your income needs are going to drastically decrease once you retire. That's sort of been the the old school way of thinking, right? That I'm not going to need as much when I retire. Right. And, you know, a lot of people believe that. And as we've said, uh, uh, you know, how many times it it depends, right? (laughs) It depends upon your habits. It depends upon a few other things, too. You know, one, one of the things that comes up is, is, you know, if you have a mortgage, right? You know, when are you going to, if you still have a mortgage, you know, when is that, when does that mortgage payment stop? Right. And so if, if you no longer have that mortgage payment, then in essence, you no longer have that expense. And so you don't need to have the same amount of income to take care of that expense. So, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the expenses could go down. Right. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes folks, it's like they've already paid off their house and they, they have the expenses that they have and they, they want to continue to live in that same lifestyle. Well, there's not going to be a you know, it's not going to be a dramatic change to that. In fact, one of the things you have to guard against is, is that, you know, once you move into retirement, you know, is, is you know, you have to start thinking that through because I you know one of the questions that I ask folks when they, you know, when we sit down maybe for the first time or we get on a, you know, a, on a phone call or a Zoom call or something like that. And we're and we're and we're talking about their situation and they're thinking of retiring. And when we start talking about that, they say, well, when I retire, I'm not going to need as much money. And I'll say, well, tell me more about that. You know, what, you know, how are you arriving at that conclusion? And they say, well, you know, I won't be, I won't have the same expenses and driving in. I won't have to be doing the dry cleaning and I won't eat out as much and so forth and so on. And it's like, okay, well, some of those expenses certainly will come down. But tell me this, it's like in your current lifestyle, what are the days of the week that you spend the most money? And they'll pause for a little bit and they go, well, what do you mean? I like, well, you know, when you when you spend extra discretionary money, you know, what, what days of the week does that happen? And they'll they'll think for a little bit and they go, well, that typically happens on the weekend, right? When I have more free time. And I say, exactly. Right. So when you retire, you know, suddenly, <laughs> you know, it's not just Saturday and Sunday. But if you have all seven days of the week where you have free time, it's very possible that you may end up engaging and spending a little bit more and a little bit more here and a little bit more there. And, and each individual expenditure may not be that much, but they tend to add up. 
And so one of the one of the things you have to be cautious of is sometimes it's not so it's not really that difficult. In fact, it's pretty easy to actually start spending more money. And folks say, well, gosh, you know, I never really thought about it like that. And so you just have to be aware. It's like, you know, human, you know, human beings are, you know, what they are and, and human nature is what it is. And and so, you know, you just have to stop and think and say, OK, well, yeah, OK, I want to make sure maybe I will want to have a little extra. And, you know, we start asking the questions, well, what about, you know, extra trips or this or that? And, you know, things that you want to do. At right after you retire. And almost everybody has a few things that they want to do right when they retire. And that's going to be an extra expenditure, you know, no, you know, no matter what that might be. It might be something for the house. It might be something, uh, you know, a trip or, you know, or, or the, you know, hey, well, I want to do this for the kids or whatever the case may be. And so you want it to be taking all those things into consideration because it's you, you you're you're going through a dramatic change in your life and, and you know how you're spending your time because you're going from the, you know, 40 or more hours a week of working and then suddenly, hey, I've got all this extra time and, and you know, it, it just it just changes everything. And so you have to be aware of all the things that may could take place in that. That's a great point, Glenn. I think all of these are certainly. Another way that we see people clinging to false hope sometimes, uh, you know, it happens when you assume. And people make this assumption that, you know, they're going to receive an inheritance at some point and that that'll make up for any shortfall in your own savings. Uh, where are the um, the holes in that plan, if you will? I mean, it could happen, right? I mean, most most oftentimes folks know it's like if they're, they're anticipating it, hey, you know, maybe their folks have told them, hey, you're going to inherit this or you're going to inherit that, or they kind of already you know, in, in, inherently know that. But, you know, one of the things that oftentimes makes that have a different result are maybe you know, maybe most of the time they're thinking that they're going to inherit that from their parents. And, you know, and nine times out of 10, that's where they think that that's going to be coming from. But what happens if their folks were planning to leave them, you know, these accounts or these resources or what, you know, assets, but maybe they ended up going into, you know, to long-term care and maybe and it was a, an extended stay and, and sometimes possibly both both, you know, parents ended up, you know, having some long-term care expenses and suddenly the resources that you thought were going to be there and the parents thought that were going to be there are no longer there to pass on, right? And that's that's the most common scenario. There are others that, you know, that sometimes happen, but that's the one that, that you could just say, you know, hey, look, you know, you, you may or may, this may or may not happen. And when nobody knows for sure, you know, what's going to take place in terms of health and how long somebody's going to live and what the needs are going to be. You know, you don't want to over project it. I know for sure I'm going to get this because, you know, maybe maybe you will. And maybe, you know, and, and it's it's certainly not, you know, not it's not an impossible situation. And you maybe get all of that. Maybe you get part of that. Maybe you get none of that. But, you know, you don't want to be, you know, planning your own you know, retirement plan on something that might be, even if it's a, even if you think it's a relatively high probability, it, it still may or may not happen. Does that make sense? It does make sense, Glenn. Yep, absolutely. Whenever you're making assumptions in the financial world, proceed with caution is the lesson. All of these that we've talked about have some assumption in them, I think. Uh, here's another one, Glenn. Are you clinging to this false hope? The notion that you'll just Figure out how to make it work in retirement because you can cut your spending way down if you really have to. You ever had somebody in your office with that kind of approach where they're just like, ah, I'll just make it work? They want to kind of fly by the seat of their pants approach? 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean that, and and believe it or not, I mean I've heard that you know more than once, you know, and it, it's it's you know sometimes it you know it's it just kind of that attitude. That's kind of how they live life, you know, in in some cases, and and I get that, and you know, and and so I mean, there's a certain element to that for you know for a lot of people, some obviously more than others, and 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 so. You know, it depends upon, you know, where they are in life. You know, if, if they're just a, you know, year or two away from retirement, I mean, it might not be a whole lot of time to to make it be different than that. Right. I mean, maybe that's going to actually be the case. We, you know, it depends on how much time we have and, you know, and what resources are there. But ultimately, you know, you have to have that hard conversation and, you know, and, and a hard maybe conversation or thought, you know, of, you know, with yourself and your and your spouse. If, if that is your basic attitude, then it's like you, you really need to ask yourself the question. If the worst case scenario happens, are you willing to live at this standard of living and, and this much cash flow? Right. And and so you have to be willing to say yes to that if, if that's going to be your attitude. And the vast majority of folks that I talk to say, you know what, I really wouldn't be comfortable doing that. So let's let's have a deeper conversation. You know, what can we do? You know, I mean, these are the resources we have. I mean, you know, can we can you know, what can we build off off of that? You know, would it make sense to work a little bit longer or, you know, what what can we bring to bear, you know, here to to kind of make sure that we do have a plan in place to, you know, to give us, you know, a certain, you know, certain baseline of, of what we know is going to be there rather than just, you know, like you say, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and, oh, I'll just figure it out. Does that make sense? It does. I want to do one more example here, Glenn, before we put the, you know, close the book on this false hope. <laughs> Maybe uh, this one is a really helpful one for some folks, too, because 401ks, we know one of the most popular investment vehicles out there. The assumption that the income statement or the income estimate that you get on your 401k statement is actually accurate. Is that often the case where there's this like big difference between what the estimate is on your 401k statement and what ends up being the case in reality? Yeah, Walter, that that that's always an interesting one because I mean, not <laughs> it not sound, every. 401- it sounded like that one almost made you fall out of your chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's always an interesting thing. I mean, there there are some some 401k statements will do that, and some others you know, just don't even have any anything like that on the statement. They just have the here's your account. This is what's there, and and you know this is what you have in this portion. This is what you have in that portion. You have this much in this account. Maybe there's a Roth. Maybe there's you know traditional. Maybe there's the the matching. All that stuff is there, and all they show is the, the number and the and the holdings right and then you have others that you know that will give you it's like okay well you know you know based on whatever their assumption is and they don't necessarily tell you the assumption it's normally like in the corner of the statement they say well you know we're, we're projecting that you can have this much income from from your you know from your 401k and you look for the detail and typically it's not there Right. And you're and you're trying to figure out, well, what is that based on? Because very oftentimes I've you know, I've looked at the those things and, and there's not there's not really a, a basis for it that, you know, and you have to wonder, it's like, OK, well, are they assuming that you're going to work for how many more years, you know, or what's going to be the, the rate of return that you're going to have to have? every single year in order to be able to make that work and you know and will you have to have that same rate of return each and every year while you're in retirement you know to be able to make that work and and so it's you know you really have to look at that with not rose-colored glasses you have to look at that with in reality and say okay well you know what can you really produce you know how much income can be produced with that amount of money how much more are you going to save before you retire and then let's let's take a look and see what that real what that number really is versus 
some projection that's there on the statement that is not giving you any details to how they arrived at that. I, I've just seen so many of those where it, it's just there's not a real a real basis for it at all. It, it just it's almost like it was plucked out of thin air, and I don't think it was plucked out of thin air. But but I don't know have any idea what the methodology was, and there's certain assumptions that are built in that oftentimes are really not not the case. And so you really want to look at that realistically and know ex- what can you really draw. And again, as we've talked about in the past, so it's like you always want to plan for the worst and hope for the best, right? And so we want to be we want to be realistic. We don't want to just be, you know, hope is not a is not a strategy, particularly for retirement and retirement income. You want to really know what's there and and how and how it's going to take place. And so this is going to be something that's solid and you can depend on it. Are you with me? I am totally with you, Glenn. Absolutely. So hopefully if you've listened to the uh, entirety of today's show and you recognize that maybe you are clinging to some false hope, maybe you identified with one of these uh, examples that we've gone through on today's show, it's a good sign that you need a better financial plan in place, a better retirement plan. And so if you don't have that good plan in place, you are clinging to some false hope, let's get a review done. It's very easy to do. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call and uh, start the conversation with Glenn. You don't have to have statements pulled together immediately and all of your info. Just express your interest. Glenn will then walk you through the uh, easy process to get started. You can call 336-291-3535 to get going. That's 336-291-3535. Or you can go online to roadmapfinancial.com. That's roadmapfinancial.com. And click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page where you can schedule a call right there from your smartphone or computer. Very easy to do that. Glenn, thanks for the help on the show today. Enjoyed the conversation, and we'll have another episode on tap next week. Sounds great, Walter. Take care now. We appreciate it. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. 